athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. You're locked in to the dopest show on radio. This is Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Super excited because camps have opened. HBCU football camps are beginning to open. The HBCU football season is, in essence, here. We have less than 30 days remaining before the start of the HBCU football season on August 28th. It's going to be Alcorn State. It's going to be North Carolina Central. It's going to be in Atlanta. And uh, that's one of three games, I believe, that are happening on Saturday. Got a whole lot to get to, as a matter of fact. The Box to Row 2021 HBCU College Football Preseason Poll has been released. And Alabama A&M quarterback Aquil Glass, Southern defensive end Jordan Lewis, and Alabama State running back Ezra Gray all lead the All-America team, the preseason All-America team, as a matter of fact, on Monday, the preseason box to row coaches and media polls will be released. And you can log on to our website at boxtorow.com. For our listeners in North Carolina, more specifically in the Triangle area, the Raleigh-Durham area that listen to us on Hot 97.9 FM that listen to us on Buzz Sports Radio. Listen, Saturday, August the 21st, we are having the fifth Box to Row countdown to kickoff. We're going to be at Zwelly's in Durham. We're going to be at Zwelly's in Durham. I want you to come on out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've invited, there are 10 coaches or 10 HBCUs uh, in the state or 10 uh, schools that play HBCU football, if you will, in the state of North Carolina, we have invited all 10 coaches out. We know there are some commitments of some that are not going to be able to come out. But we do know North Carolina A&T head football coach Sam Washington will be there. Shaw head football coach Adrian Jones will be there. We want the fans to come on out and really enjoy. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have a good time. Again, this is the fifth annual Box to Row Countdown to kick off. So a lot to get to on today's program. As a matter of fact, joining us a little bit later on, maybe in about, maybe in about, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, 15 minutes or so, we're going to be joined by Detroit Lions General Manager Brad Holmes, Detroit Lions General Manager Brad Holmes going to join us on the program. Listen, 
Brad, it's interesting. Brad Holmes, as a matter of fact, before I got into the business of being a national radio host and really into the radio business, I was in the sports information or media relations or athletic communication, whatever you want to call it. I was in that business. In other words, the publicity of athletic departments. I was in that business, right? So uh, I started off my career fresh out of Morgan State. Uh, As a matter of fact, I was, I think when I started as the sports information director at North Carolina A&T, I was 25, uh, I think. That was 99. So, yep, I was 25 years old. And um, great gig. Of course, A&T won the HBCU National Championship that year. And part of uh, that team, uh, on that team, or an integral part of that team, was Brad Holmes, defensive tackle. Brad Holmes played on that team. That was a great team. As a matter of fact, we're going to have Brad Holmes uh, again in about 15 minutes or so, and we're going to do it via video. So you'll, you'll be able to hear it. And we'll be able to show the video on our YouTube site a little bit later on. As a matter of fact, let me get a plug in for our YouTube site. Uh, YouTube site. Uh, you want to go to Box to Row on YouTube. And we've got some great interviews that we've, uh, I say interviews, great conversations. Great conversations that we've had over the years with various guests. And so again, Brad Holmes in about 15 minutes. Detroit Lions general manager right here on Box to Row. Speaking about uh, football, NFL camps, uh, preseason has already opened with that Hall of Fame game. But you know what? The NBA is still center stage. So you go back to last week with the NBA draft. Previous to that, the NBA finals. Previous to that, the NBA playoffs. Previous to that, the NBA season was winding down and it was a great season, a lot of intrigue. As a matter of fact, in the NBA, still in the news because of NBA free agency. So I want to talk some NBA free agency. Also today here on the program, you've got NBA free agency. You've got NBA trades. Man, it's just a lot going on this time of year uh, in the world of sports. It's a great time. I, I like to say, Right around that, I don't, right around like that May time, that May, May, right? Um, you know, you, you've got a lot going on with baseball and the NBA. And, and then on a given weekend, you'll have the Kentucky Derby. You'll have some horse racing um, that's going on. But I mean, around the, around like the October time frame, right? I mean, Major League Baseball is still going on because you're wrapping up the playoffs, but NBA uh, is kind of getting things going right. NBA is like middle October. NFL is in full swing, uh, right? NHL uh, getting th- is is going – well, N- NHL is sort of getting things going around that time. College football, college basketball is sort of on the horizon. So we're coming up on that really great time where all – pretty much all the major – NASCAR still going on – all of the major sports begin to mesh, right? So you got the NFL, but the NBA, I'm telling you, getting it done right now uh, as NBA free agency and NBA trades are still happening. Join us on the conversation. Why don't you hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, 
the number two R-O-W. Thank you to all of our outstanding, outstanding affiliates that carry Box to Row. How about those that listen to us in Kansas City, Missouri on KCPZ, right? Those that listen to us in Portland, Oregon on the numbers FM 96.7. Those that listen to us on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, which is channel 84, and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Also, we're going to be back on in our nation's capital uh, sometime in the next month, month and a half or so. So we're super excited uh, about that. So let's talk some NBA free agency. And I think the team, I mean, not I think, but the team that made the biggest splash, but may not have, I, I don't know if they made the best splash, but they made the biggest slash, no splash, no question about that. The LA Lakers coming off a pretty disappointing season. Injuries, no doubt. Uh, when you look at LeBron and AD, uh, those guys were injured. But to me, and I think I said this during the course of, or the latter part of the season, when I looked at the Lakers, like it wasn't a team to me that was a team that was going to repeat as champions, even with LeBron, even with AD, because the pieces around that team weren't great pieces, right? So what do the Lakers go out and do after? Of course, we talked about the Lakers ultimately getting Russell Westbrook, which was definitely a really good move, I think. They went out, signed Carmelo Anthony. Dwight Howard comes back. Trevor Ariza, right? He's older. He comes back. Also, Kent Bazemore uh, is there as well. They get some piece. Wayne Ellington, right, agrees to a deal. So I'm looking at that in the beginning. That was like, it seemed like all of those signings happened on the first day. And I'm like, okay, I mean, those are decent signings. I guess it is maybe an upgrade to sort of the pieces around AD and LeBron. Right, sort of an upgrade there, uh, I think. And then when they signed Malik Monk, because at first I was like, well, it's an upgrade, but those guys are older. Are they over the hill? How much are they going to really be able to help this team? I guess it's an upgrade, but are they going to be able to challenge? I mean, I, I you know, I mean, the Clippers are going to take a step back because Kawhi, he may not even play next year. You know, Phoenix does. Uh, Chris Paul re-ups with Phoenix. You know, Utah. So those teams are going to be good for the Lakers, but when they added Malik Monk, I'm like, you know, if you saw Malik Monk play last year, didn't play a whole lot. I mean, it played like maybe a little bit more than 20 minutes a game, but he was averaging like 12 points in those 20 minutes, right? So I said, okay, that's nice, a younger piece. I don't know. Like, I'm not really ready really to crown the Lakers champions. Like, I needed to see a little bit more, but I think it is a bit of an upgrade. I mean, again, they lose a guy like a KCP, um, you lose Alex Caruso. I mean, I think that was, you know, that was a big move. And Alex Caruso goes to Chicago. We'll talk more uh, a little bit later on in the program about what Chicago was able to do. But I think ultimately this is an upgrade, but is it enough to put the Lakers over the top? Right. I don't I don't know about that. I, I, I'm not sold on that. We'll have to see how the season plays out. I mean, Carmelo Anthony still can go. He played well in Portland, so we'll ultimately see how he's able to get it done. We're going to talk, and and the others as well, we're going to talk more NBA playoffs. Listen, right, you know we talk other, you know, we don't just talk sports on the program. Did you see the versus battle 
this past week between Dipset and the Locks, I'm going to tell you what. Jadakiss absolutely shut versus down. It is why he is one of the top 10 MCs of all time, right? The guy is phenomenal. He's come on Box to Row uh, a couple of times over the years. Great to talk to. Great to talk sports with him. Great to talk. I mean, and think about it. He's a guy that is can roll. I mean, he's rolled with big, right? But he's also rolled with a guy like a Lil John. He's, you know, he's versatile in that manner, right? So he absolutely shut versus count. Listen, more NBA talk a little bit later on in the program. But after this break, we're going to be joined by Detroit Lions General Manager Brad Holmes as I'm going to let the one and only Jadakus take us to break. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? You know what it is. D-Block General Top 5 that are alive. Your boy Jadakus. And right now you're listening to From the Press Block to Press Row with my big brother Donald Webb. is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom of 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky Yeah, that's right. Because that's the way we roll. Find the Box to Roll YouTube page for conversations with stars like Omari Hardwick, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. Box to Roll. Box to Roll. Box to Roll. The others pretend you're listening to the show that brings you up close and personal. Up close and personal. With the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Here's the man to bring it to you, Donald Ware. Continue here on Box to Road in his first season as the general manager of the Detroit Lions. As a matter of fact, a former public relations intern, scout, and executive with the Rams. And, of course, you know what the Rams uh, have been able to do uh, to this point. And he's an A&T grad, was part of that 1999 uh, HBCU National Championship team. He is Brad Holmes. He joins us here on Box to Road. It's been a long time, Brad. Good to see you. Welcome to the program. Good to see you. Thanks for having me, Donald. Uh, great to chop it up again, and uh, good to see a familiar face. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glad to have you know you're busy. So let me start here. You're just getting in, right? And you, you, you got, you know, you, you get, had, a, had a trade right away. But even before we get to that, your thoughts on how camp is going to this point? Yeah, you know, it's still in the early stages, but the best thing is that how the team is gelling, and, you know, that's – a huge credit to Dan and the rest of the coaching staff of making sure that everything's been cohesive. Um, Dan and I were just talking about it today in terms of how efficient Jared was looking and how much he's gelling within the offense. But just the whole team in general, that's really what's been the positive 
thing to take away from it, but they're playing fast. Coach Steph's doing a hell of a job, and uh, hopefully it's good, good, a sign for good things to come. You know, you had a really good draft, and I want to talk more about that. One, one, I mean, you weren't even hardly in the door, right? And one of the first moves you made, the decision you had to make was ultimately to trade Matthew Stafford, you know, who was a, a guy in Detroit, beloved, uh, in a lot of success, right, for himself. But I want to get your thoughts on the decision to make the trade. You get two first-round picks back, plus you get back a gentleman you know in Jared Goff. Yeah, you know, I do think it was a win-win for both sides. Um, you know, it was, you know, it was future. You know, he was he he requested the trade, and I and I, I respected it. And you know, we had great discussion and dialogue from the very very start. Um, I was a fan of Stafford coming in and very excited um, to work with him. And when the when he requested the trade. Um, actually became more of a fan in terms of his professionalism and maturity of how he handled everything. Um, so it was a win-win. Um, but so, you know, it's, it's all the best to him and his future endeavors. But I do think that um, we're set up pretty nice uh, for the future. Take us through this. My understanding, at least from what I read, was that um, you you may not have necessarily been on Detroit's radar for this position be, before, right? But I mean, you obviously, I mean, when you look at what you were able to do uh, with the Rams, Aaron Donald, you you know football. There's no question uh, about that. I, I guess a two part question: What made this the right job for you? And then ultimately take us through the process again, not really being on the radar, but you ultimately were able to land this job. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start off with the uh, about not being on the radar. So, you know, I've, I've always said coming up in this process, um, you know, I've always just kept my head down and tried to be the best in the role that I was in. And so when I, um, you know, started to get, you know, approached and started having discussions about, you know, becoming a GM and you start the preparation process, um, you know, you have which is, they, they have combine interviews video interviews that they record for um, aspiring candidates for not only GMs, but head coaches as well. And um, the, the first time I did it back in, I believe it was 2013, I believe uh, it was my, or 2014. Um, the first time I was like uh, director, I didn't think I did very well on the, uh, on that video interview. And um, you know, sometimes you say, look, um, a, a, a loss or a failure, you got to take it as a learning lesson. Well, it really just drove me to prepare even better for the areas that I wasn't being exposed to with, you know, salary cap and free agency and the pro scouting side of things. So I was fortunate enough to get blessed with another opportunity to do one of those video interviews. And uh, it was a blessing that Mike Disner, our senior vice president of business administration, football administration, was able to see that video and then get into the uh, eyes of Sheila and Rod and Chris Spielman. And, um, you know, that was my opportunity to come in and interview. And that's pretty much how the process went, had a normal Zoom interview and then was able to come in for a formal interview and um, fortunately get the job. But, you know, actually interviewing with multiple teams and going through that process, um, you know, I had interviews back to back with two different teams. And I will say when I interviewed with Sheila and Rod and, you know, had a chance to see what the Ford fan was all about, it just makes sense. You just know you feel something in your gut when it's right, it's just right. And, you know, the uh, support, 
that uh, Sheila and Rod, Chris Fieldman, uh, Mike Disner, that they've supported me with and surrounded me with, I couldn't be happier. Um, it's it's very it's honoring, it's humbling to be in a situation, work for an organization in the Ford family. They are they're very very special people. So um, very fortunate. It is the right place to be, and I couldn't think of um, being in this job anywhere else. Brad Holmes, of course, is the general manager of the Detroit Lions. He joins us here on Box to Row. To you, what does it mean? I mean, I, I, I was excited for you um, as an A&T grad, um, as, as former SID at A&T when you played there. We'll talk more uh, about that. But then also as a brother, like it's not many black folks that are in these type of positions. What does that mean to you? And by the way, what's interesting to me about the city of Detroit, Troy Weaver is a Bowie State alum. So even more exciting, you're an HBCU alum and in and, and the two of the four major sports, if you will, in Detroit have HBCU alums as general managers. Yeah, well, it, first of all, it, it, it means a lot to me. And, um, you know, congratulations to Troy. I know he just had his draft. Um, with that number one pick, and I know the kid's really talented, but congrats to him. And Troy's been very, very welcoming to the city of Detroit in terms of we've had instant communication as soon as I got the job. But, you know, it, it does mean a lot. You know, just coming up, um, it is a sign of hope, uh, hopefully, that I, I can provide others. Um, I do know that coming up, you know, uh, when I had aspirations of becoming a GM, I've always said, like, I had a cut out of Ozzie Newsom, you know, hoisting up a Lombardi trophy. And that that brought hope to me thinking that, you know, you see a, another successful black man do that. And, you know, everything that my father taught me in terms of um, all the issues that he struggled with, you know, my, my father played for A&T and played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, being in the NFL in the early 70s and, you know, things dealing with race and stereotypes that he had to deal with that um, that he taught me. And so then to become, you know, a, a proud HBCU alum, come from A&T and then make it to this level, that, that means a lot. And hopefully that, you know, we can do this thing the right way. Um, there's still more progress that needs to be done. Um, the numbers aren't nearly there where they should to be yet. Um, but very, very happy to um, increase the numbers of GMs that hired. We had three this past year with, you know, Terry in Atlanta and Martin Mayhew uh, in Washington and myself. So progress is being made and hopefully we'll have more. You, can you speak to how your time in uh, with St. Louis and L.A. Uh, with the Rams, uh, again, starting out as a PR, in, I, I find that fascinating in of itself. And, and we'll, we can talk more about how you even got there. But to be able to uh, go to do what you did with the Rams, speak to how that in all the years with the Rams prepared you now to be the GM of the uh, Lions. Yeah, well, starting from the very beginning, uh, you know, uh, coming in as a PR intern, uh, I was just trying to get my foot in the door and, you know, was fortunate enough to do that whole season pretty much when the greatest show on turf was was still relatively alive. A lot of those players were kind of coming to the towards the end of their career, kind of getting up in the twilight area. But seeing being around a lot of great players like the Marshall Falks and Orlando Paces and Kurt Warners and Neus Williams. I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, Leonard Little, all those guys. But uh, met Wilbur Montgomery, 
who was our running backs coach at the time. And, you know, we used to talk football a lot and we struck up a great relationship. And then him introducing me to Charlie Army, our GM at the time. And just again, like I said at the beginning, um, fortunately, being able to be hired full time as a scouting assistant and just working my way up, just focusing on what I had to do at the time. But I will say the past, uh, let's say starting from 2017, when uh, when Sean McVay was hired and, and Les was still on board, um, you know, we just had a very collaborative culture back with the Rams. And that that provided a lot of success. We were able to land good players, and I was able to be exposed to um, a lot of different situations that I hadn't in the, in the past before with big moves, big trades. Uh, you know, with the the draft and free agency, even to make the relocation from St. Louis to Los Angeles, and creating a whole new brand in a market like LA. I think all of that has prepared me to be in this chair now. Um, a lot of people to think along the way, but um, definitely I think all of that success has helped. Brad Holmes, of course, is the general manager of the Detroit Lions, a proud A&T grad. He joins us here in the program. So, Brad, I got, I'm going to try to bring something up on the screen. I'm going to try to bring a photo up on the screen uh, for you and I, just to kind of flash back um, a, a little bit, right? Look at that guy. Look at that guy right there. Right now, now that guy right there is in the middle of one of the greatest deep, maybe the greatest defense actually in A and T's history, right? But one of the greatest defenses, perhaps in the history of one AA at that time, then FCS. That was an absolute phenomenal uh, defense. And I, if I'm not mistaken, you you may have been one of the captains. Uh, on that deep, look at all those BJ Little and Daryl Clue. Look at all those guys. Dwayne Carpenter played in the league. <laughs> that picture right there, man. Uh, that I, I still have that picture, and that picture represents so much. That championship defense that we had there, and it's crazy. Um, a lot of those guys I still keep in contact with to, to this day. Um, but that picture just says a lot. And yes, I was voted captain and, you know, I was playing the three, three technique position at defensive tackle. And I want to say that was us coming off the field uh, from the Aggie Eagle classic um, in Raleigh playing central. And it was a rainy day and, you know, I'm the guy in the trenches playing defensive tackle. So um, they was running a lot of midline option and taking dives. So I was on the ground a little bit, you know, wasn't too proud of that, but at the same time, that meant a lot because that defense there, that team, that 99 team, that's what taught me um, what a championship team supposed to look like. The cohesiveness, you know, the togetherness and still the things that that 99 team had every single level, whatever it is, college, high school, literally NFL, uh, whatever level. That's what a championship team is cohesiveness, is collaboration. Everybody's getting along. It's no ego. And that's what that team was, man. No doubt about it. We're talking with Brad Holmes, the general manager of the Detroit Lions, right here on Box to Row. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back, and talk more with Lions. General manager Brad Holmes, you've got it locked into Box to Row. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Bubba Wallace. They feel like I'm throwing a race 
into the context here. And it's not about race. He's a driver at the end of the day. Everybody's making it about race. It's all about the headlines these days. Not me saying like, yep, I'm the black guy here. You're going to stop hearing about me. It was more along the lines of the fans like, hey, it's cool. I've been dealing with that for, for a while. He spiked Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on radios all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man, the same way you feel about your school, the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. Ron Rivera, you know, a great player. Did you see yourself as a coach? I've been told a lot of times by a lot of people, boy, you know, you're kind of like a coach on the field. I always felt at some point... Yeah, I'd probably get into coaching. It all started because of my son wanting to play football. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. You get to <laughs> Man, you know what is good? And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other. In common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. Then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. Dave Roberts, manager of the LA Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean to you? Well, I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and, and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball to do things the right way, to hopefully give others, other people of color opportunities. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Omari Hartwick. And that's crazy that you say that. I got one of your colleagues and one of your contemporaries and that being Stephen A. He hit me about three weeks ago and he texted me and he said, oh, how did I miss this one? But it's equally been a beautiful thing for me to see how much you guys who work in sport are fans of me. But for you to like it as much as Stephen A. said he liked it and all within the last three weeks, you both are commenting on it. I'm in good company. We're, we're HBCU guys, you know. I know I'm in good well, company. Of course, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Howard University. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. She's Simone Biles. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, like, we're in the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body, and we hope that other young girls and women, like, feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because he was against his religion. Mm -hmm. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So 
I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, Clay, in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car, and I was driving it in first eight games, and you know, being a part of something special like that, and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU Sports, with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. We track down the names making news in sports. From the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. Welcome back to Box to Row. Talking with Detroit Lions general manager Brad Holmes here on the program. You know what's interesting, though, Brad? You became ultimately a public relations intern uh, with the Rams. I don't recall seeing you in my office uh, trying to do any work to prepare you to get to that point. I don't recall that. Hey, Wild Bill Hayes, you know, he either had us in practice or running that hill. So uh, it was that or class or being sleep, but <laughs> but luckily, you know, shout out to Crosby Hall, you know, in getting that PR degree, you know, in mass comm. And I was very fortunate enough to um, speak to those those students as well a little earlier this summer, which was I was very honored and humbled to to to, to speak to them and just kind of get, give them some any advice or you know answer any questions. And there's a lot of talented talented kids there uh very very smart very very bright they had great questions and you know the pr degree there's there's other avenues that you can utilize to you know not only get in the nfl but stay in the nfl you know um if you just want to have a pr degree and you stay in pr and football communications you know have a lot of respect that's it's, it's a hard job you know dealing with the media um serving the media and you know make sure that the narrative is right yeah for you even your time at ant you had some adversity you had you were in a car accident a very serious one uh mm-hmm. one in which ultimately um, you know, you were you were even in a coma, but you were able to bounce back, still play, and then ultimately still be able to continue in football. Of course, now ultimately now the general manager of the Lions. Yeah, uh, the biggest adversity that I faced for sure in my life. Um, you know, down in Tampa, Florida, and you know, got got hit by a high speed car, and um, you know, obviously had to miss that whole semester of football and. Didn't really, wasn't really thinking about football, laying up in ICU, um, was just happy to be alive, really. But doing the right things and getting the green light and being blessed to actually start doing some physical therapy and rehab to work myself back, being able to join my teammates um, back in the summer, and then actually coming back um, faster and stronger than I was because in there's a lot of perspective in that because – 
I think there was things that I was doing in college that I wasn't truly dedicating myself as probably as best as I could. And then when I found out that football was almost taken away from me, I was blessed enough to get a second chance and then was working so much harder. So to come back from a near fatal car accident and come back bigger, faster, stronger, um, and still having success, um, that gave me a lot of perspective on life and definitely let me know that, you know, not to complain about this or that, uh, not complain about practices or workouts and, Truly, you got to embrace every single day because you never know when it's going to be taken away from you. Two last thoughts, Brad. We appreciate the time again. Brad Holmes is the general manager of the Detroit Lions. Your father, you touched on him a, a, a little bit earlier. He's an A&T, an A&T guy. Um, speak about what the influence, and of course, played in the league, as you mentioned, uh, the influence that he had on you. Yeah, huge influence on me. Um, funny thing about my father is he... Um, you know, he never pushed football on me. Um, he never he never did. You know, obviously I was around it all the time, but he just kind of waited for me to come and ask him to, to play football. But, um, you know, when I first – when I got done playing, um, finish up my career, I was thinking, I was like, oh, man, my dad's probably disappointed that I didn't make it to the NFL just like he did. And he's, you know, A&T grad just as, you know, him and my mother and my sister. And, you know, my whole family's Aggies, if you didn't know. But right. um, but my dad was so happy that I was taking this route in terms of being in the front office and working in scouting and personnel. And, um, you know, I had, a, I had a lot of respect. He gave me a lot of wisdom, gave me a lot of advice. And a lot of the stories that he told me from when he was playing as he was an offensive lineman. And back when he was playing, coming from an HBCU, going into the NFL, um, it wasn't in vogue for black offensive linemen. Lineman. You know, it wasn't a lot of blacks on the offensive line. It wasn't a lot of blacks uh, at the quarterback position for different stereotypes that he used to tell me. So um, that, that 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 meant a lot for him to that meant a lot for me for him to tell me that knowledge at an early age. And so now that when I'm in this position now and I look at players, you know, making sure that um, I'm giving everybody a fair chance, a fair shot, and uh, hopefully that those stigmas and those stereotypes can be erased very, very soon. But I think we're making progress. Um, one of the last thing I say about my father is that um, he did. He gave me a weight set uh, for Christmas when I was in like the eighth grade. And he was telling me that it doesn't matter what you do when people are watching. It's about how you're working when nobody else is watching. And when I was named captain at A&T, I was running hills just by myself. Um, and when I got named captain there, walking back to Cooper Hall, that's when it really dawned on me about, you know, dad was right. It's not about what you're doing when everybody else knows you're working hard. It's about how much personal pride you have and what you're doing when you don't think anybody's watching. So I really forever thank my father and love him to death for that. Last thought. Very well said. Last thought. We appreciate the time, Brad. Um, expectations. What are you? you you've you had a really good uh, draft class. Um, as a matter of fact, got your number one guy that was on your board in Sewell, uh, offensive lineman. What are, what are the expectations uh, for the Lions for the 2021 season? Yeah, you know, Dan and I talk about it all the time, and we just want to make sure that we're, you know, we're getting better every single week, and we're, you know, as competitive as we can be, and 
wherever we are in week one, we want to be better in week two, and we want to be better in week three. And that's really all we can ask for, you know, just be as competitive as we can be. It's year one. Um, we're not taking our foot off the gas. That's not how we started. Um, we're being as, as, as aggressive, you know, in, in being rational, being smart with everything as well. But um, those are the expectations. Just make sure we're getting a little bit better every single day. And Dan preaches that and we're aligned uh, with that message. So that's all we can do. Um, what we're going to do is basically we're going to control what we can control and we can control our effort, how much passion we have with these players that we brought in and, um, and what we put out there on the field. Brad Holmes, again, general manager of the Detroit Lions, A&T grad as well, joins us here on Botch to Row. Man, it's been – and by the way, Maurice Smith um, is the one who sent that photo to me. Um, you know, of course, he was part of that team. Um, as a lot of guys on that team went to the league. And then even after that, you got Kwasi Mitchell and Maurice Hicks and all those guys that went to the, the Loach, all of those guys. You think you played with all of those guys. Um, as a matter of fact, man, I really appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Lions. Thank you so much. I got to get on Mo Smith for sending pictures to you, man. I got to see what else he sent you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I appreciate you having me on, Donald. Aggie pride all day. Yes, sir. Um, really appreciate it and um, look forward to talking to you later. I look forward to it, Brad. Brad Holmes, general manager of the Detroit Lions, joining us here on Box to Row. And you know what's interesting you look at one city, you look at Detroit. Detroit has, again, as mentioned, two general managers of the pro level, sports at its highest level that are HBCU alums. Of course, Brad of North Carolina ANC, Troy Weaver, the general manager of the Detroit Pistons, a Bowie State alum. And I tell you, you know, uh, Troy Weaver trying to get that, you know, that that Pistons organization back on track. And it got me to thinking, like, have we had I, I had to, I have to think and I'm sure there's more. And and I was reminded of another general manager that uh, is an HBCU alum that I didn't even think about because I was thinking Troy Weaver right in the NBA. And then, of course, You've got Brad Holmes, but I was reminded that the great Willis Reed was also a general manager. Think of him as a obviously a great player for God. I mean, he had, in matter of fact, built was was building a solid, a, really a solid team there in New Jersey with the Nets before the passing of his uh, Drazen Petrovic. Drazen Petrovic, I believe Chuck Daly was the head coach of that team. They were building, building up. Kittles was on that team. Like, they were building a pretty solid foundation uh, with the New Jersey Nets. But Willis Reed and I, others are escaping me. If you know of any other GMs that are HBCU alums, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Some of the names, uh, I, I, I don't know any offhand. It doesn't mean that there aren't any. So uh, great conversation, I thought, with Brad Holmes. Hope you enjoyed it. Of course, it's going to be on our YouTube page on next week on our website at BoxToRow.com on next week as well. So I want to switch gears. Um, I'm going to run out of time, I know, in this segment, but I want to get back uh, or switch gears back, I should say, 
and talk some NBA free agency because we now have we don't have a a a shift in the balance of power in any of the conferences. Uh, I don't I, with the Lakers. I mean, yeah, the Lakers sort of rise to the top, but I mean, you still have to knock off the conference champs uh, who are, in fact, the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul resigns with that team. They're gonna they're gonna be solid. Like they're gonna be solid. So they are the champs of the Western Division. The Bucks are are good, but I'm gonna tell you what I think the loss of PJ Tucker is key. I will talk more. Uh, about that the Brooklyn Nets I think got better I think the Brooklyn Nets actually got better as as long as they can stay healthy they're going to be good I mean they they signed Patty Mills uh, Bruce Brown resigns I mean that guy was just getting buckets at times for them uh, on last year so I think the Nets made you know a couple of moves but a healthy Nets team to me is the team to beat in the NBA so let's break it down Chicago makes key moves Miami makes key moves. The Knicks fans will tell you that they made a key move or two. We can talk about that also on the other side as Box to Row. Box to Row.com is your source for conversations with and content on some of the biggest names in sports, HBCU sports, and entertainment. Box to Row.com. Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom of four hundred of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll. So come place an order at Marjorie's Beef Jerky. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. But I cannot go and pick the Cowboys this year. You look at what happened last year, it was an absolute mess. I'm going to go with the Washington football team. I mean, I think when you look at what Washington has been able to bring in, all of the free agent signing at the receiver position, you look at corner, you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, a lot of weapons. That defense was really, really good. Ultimately win the division and uh, ultimately went to the playoffs. You upgrade, I think, at the quarterback position, and I think the Washington football team wins the NFC East. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. We're back here on Box to Row. You want to react to anything that Brad Holmes, general manager of the Detroit Lions, had to say? Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Back to talking some NBA free agency and NBA trades here on the program. And like I was saying throughout the really towards the end of the season and then before the playoffs started. I you know, I said and I continue to maintain and I think it it was proven that 
the New York Knicks were a better story than a team. Now, if you talk to Knicks fans, right, like you can't – Knicks fans sort of in a, in a respect, at least this year, remind me a little bit of Dallas Cowboys fans, right? They're like they don't live in, in, in total reality, uh, although – I think the difference is the Knicks fans recognize when they're just bad. Like they were, they were just bad for so many years. This year, they, this past season, they got pretty good, and then they thought they were better than they really were. So the Knicks went out, and after the buyout with OKC, signed Kimball Walker, who took a lot less money, right, to go back to his hometown uh, of New York. Now, Kimball Walker at one time, and I'm not saying he still can't be, but at one time was a phenomenal player. I think when you look at the Hornets and Michael Jordan, he you looked at that situation and the Hornets did not re-sign Kimba, and it looked like a sort of a bad move really at that time. He was the franchise, wore his heart on his sleeve, all of those kinds of things and was really, really good. Only made the playoffs, I think, one time, but he didn't have much help, to be honest with you. Hornets decided not to re-sign Kimba. Probably was one of the better moves that the Hornets made because Kimba really has not been healthy for long periods of time with the Celtics, right? And he was really banged up on last year. Couldn't help the Celtics at all. And so he comes back to New York now, meaning back to his hometown. Now, if he can be any semblance of the old Kimball Walker, in other words, a guy that when you talk about quickness, you talk about handles. I mean, if there, and, and we can talk about James Harden, you can talk about Donchicks and all these other guys for that step back, right? Let's not forget, one of the preeminent step backs that we may have ever seen was in the national championship game by Kimball Walker when he was with Connecticut, right? I mean, the step back to win the game was unbelievable, did it a lot in the NBA. If he can get back to that Kimba, right, the quickness, you know, he's you got to put a hand in his face. He can shoot the jumper. The pull-up is there. Then I think, yeah, you know, then, then it would be a win. I mean, I think with the the Knicks uh, re, or giving, I should say, Julius Randle an extension. Like I, I like, I, I like the season. I really respect the season that Randle had. But in the playoffs, he did not show up. So, are we going to get the what Julius Randle? Are you going to get on next year? Other than that, they didn't really make it. I mean, they, you know. Derrick Rose was phenomenal, right? Like he was healthy and he played. So we, we we see that was good, but he's getting older, right? So like the Knicks act like, right? Knicks fans, I should say, act like they're going to be world beaters now or they did something that was absolutely incredible to make them now a contender in the Eastern Conference. Nah, son. I mean, when you look at it now, I think the Knicks are they they didn't take a step backwards in terms of the personnel. That's for sure. The problem for the Knicks is that other teams took a step forward, 
right? Probably in the East, most notably with the Bulls. You get Lonzo Ball, right? You got DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, right? With what you already have there in Chicago. Boy, I mean, to me, I go, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I would probably go, but again, it depends if Brooklyn is, is healthy. I would go Brooklyn, then Milwaukee, but I, I, you can't disrespect Milwaukee. They're the NBA champ. So, you know, 1-1-A, whatever, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, right? Then, I mean, I don't know. Am I going with, I mean, I, I, mean, I guess I'm going with Philly, right? Like, I, I guess I got to go back, you know, with, with Philly. I, I think Philly, you know, I mean, you know, we'll see ultimately what happens uh, with with Philly. They were able to, um, uh, with the with the 76ers, uh, actually were able to add uh, a little bit of a piece in Andre Drummond. We'll see. I mean, how does that move play out there? I mean, Drummond's a center, right? I mean, how does that play out? They extended um, or a two-year deal, I should say, with Danny Green. So, I mean, I think I would have to say Philly, right? Then I'm, then I'm probably looking at, I'm probably looking at, I don't know, it's between Chicago and Miami for me because look at Miami, signed Kyle Lowry. Now, to me, I, I really like Drogic. Like, I, I think Drogic is a really good player. Problem with Drogic getting a little bit, he was getting older. Uh, he was injured, right? He's been injured a little bit. Um, but, you know, talk about a guy that can really run the point and can shoot off the dribble. Lowry is good. Sometimes can be a little bit streaky, but Lowry's a really good defender. So, you know, I, I I mean, I think that's a little bit of it. It's not as big an upgrade as people think. But this is what makes Miami good. It makes them uh, a, a serious, a more of a serious contender. To me, P.J. Tucker, and that may be a loss, I think, for the Bucks. That's a big loss because my thought was you, you look at two signings um, to me for the Bucks in terms of being able to ascend. Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker with that defense. Now you bring a defense, more of a defensive intensity to the heat, right? Butler uh, is there, Jimmy Butler. I mean, Butler can play. I mean, he basically led that team to the, NBA, to the finals uh, going back to the 2020 season. I mean, you know, he's got to be a little bit more consistent, but the guy can play, right? You add... A, a Caruso, as I mentioned, to that team. Duncan Robinson signs a five-year extension. I mean, hopefully Victor Oladipo is healthy. I mean, I think a healthy Oladipo uh, is really, really good. That's a Heat team. I think I probably would put the Heat a little bit ahead of Chicago. So 3-4, right? So I go 3-4 uh, right there. So that would have knocked the Knicks out of their fourth-place spot, right? I'm going to go Atlanta. At number five, I mean, I think you look at the Hawks. They, you know, Trey Young, they give him the max contract. Uh, uh, max contract. John Collins resigns, right? I think that's that's a huge deal. Lou Williams re-ups on a one-year deal. Remember when Trey Young went down, uh, Lou Williams did a, a pretty adequate job, right? So I'm probably going to have the Hawks at number five. And then, I mean, you know, the Celtics, right, like, you know, Jalen Brown coming back from injury. Hopefully if he's he comes back, I mean, the Celtics are still, good. I think, going to be a contender, especially with a healthy Brown. A healthy Brown would have made the Celtics more of a contender in the East. So pump 
pump your brakes a little bit, Knicks fans. Right, let's pump the brakes uh, a little bit. Yeah, the signing of Kimball Walker uh, was good. You re up on Julius Randle. I mean, you you sign a some of your other guys that needed to be signed. But you know, to me, again, it, it was a team that played above where it actually finished in the East. It's a great story. Uh, I think the 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 Knicks, the, the Kimball Walker sound like it. It doesn't. Knock, I mean, if you're talking about signing Kimball Walker, a Kimball Walker that, say, the Knicks could have signed Kimball Walker after, you know, what, seven, eight years in Charlotte, right? Even though we didn't, I mean, we didn't know he was going to be injured, but that Kimball Walker potentially, uh, that would have knocked my socks off. Kimball Walker now, it's a solid signing, doesn't really knock my socks off per se. Looking around the league in some in terms of some of the other Signings Like you look at Golden State, right? So Golden State, Clay Thompson uh, comes back. They sign Otto Porter Jr. I, I don't know. Like that's a decent signing. He leaves Chicago. But again, to me, uh, well, he was with Chicago. But Chicago upgraded anyway. Porter's a guy that can shoot outside. He takes a lot less money. But heck, he got a, I mean, he got a, a major contract from the Wizards that he probably should not have gotten going back some four or five, four or five years ago now. Gives them some extra shooting. But Clay Thompson returns. Um, I, I think Golden, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like the Otto Porter deal uh, makes Golden State a whole lot better. But Clay Thompson coming back, I think, uh, uh, really catapults. Golden State because again they were they it was the Warriors and the Lakers that had to play in that play-in game uh, to ultimately see who was going to make the NBA playoffs. I mean I think Golden State I don't know that that was a great move but Clay Thompson comes back. Uh, Steph Curry signs a four-year extension worth well in excess of two hundred million dollars. Um, the Clippers like <laughs> Kawhi's going to be out like how much longer though like. Kawhi being out, the Clippers were a contender this year. If Kawhi hadn't gone down, I think we would have at the very. I think we would have seen. I think we would have seen the Clippers the way the Clippers were playing in the playoffs before Kawhi went down. I think we would have seen the Clippers uh, in the NBA Finals. Now we're not even sure if Kawhi's going to come back. Going to be back. I mean, Paul George is. You know, he's not. He's still relatively young, right? Uh, so and he and he played really well in the playoffs. Uh, Kawhi, I guess, relatively speaking, but these guys are kind of getting up there in age. You gotta, you know, if you if you're if you're talking about missing the entire 21-22 season to come back 22-23, I mean, you know, if Kawhi even comes back, right? I mean, you know, I think the Clippers can give him the most money, but we'll see ultimately how that plays out, right? So you know, we had a lot of moves. Like there were a lot of really good moves. Um, that were made, you know, Portland, I mean, I don't know, like Portland didn't get that much better um, for Damian Lillard. Um, you know, it just they just didn't, right? They, they, they just didn't. They've got a lot to really work through in Portland, and Dame needs some help in Portland in the worst way. I've got to get ready to run here on Box to Row. Thank you to Lions General Manager. Brad Holmes for joining us on the program again for my listeners in the Raleigh-Durham Triangle area 
in North Carolina. The countdown to kickoff, the fifth box to row countdown to kickoff is taking place on Saturday, August 20th at 1 o'clock at Zwelly's in Durham. I expect to see you in the place we've invited uh, the coaches uh, from the HBCUs in North Carolina or that play HBCU football. So I expect you to be there looking forward to that event. Want to definitely see you in the house. Again, Box to Row coaches and media polls come out on Monday. Check them out on our website at BoxToRow.com as well as the preseason All-America team. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box to Row is presented by DW Communication. Why ain't you a thug by choice? Why the whole world love my voice? Why I try to tell them that it's the flow, son? And you know why they made the new 20s? Because I got all the old ones. That's why.